Hello, this is Jackie Shea. Welcome to Too Sick and Naked Healing Out Loud, where we vulnerably discuss the ups and downs of healing from illness. Each episode, I interview a brave guest who has extensive experience around illness and wellness, and hopefully we will leave you inspired to warrior on as well as highly informed about something new. Today, I'm stoked to be speaking to Nicole Smokoff, who was recently diagnosed with lipedema and is on an impassioned mission to educate herself and treat the disease. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Jackie. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for giving us your time and your knowledge around this uh, pretty unknown disease. I'm really happy to be here and especially to be given the opportunity to share about something that so few know about. Great. And and you're going to help so many, I hope, through this. Um, so will you tell us what lipedema is exactly spelled in case people are going to look it up? L I P I E D I. Sorry. There are two ways. It's either lipid edema or lip edema. So L I P E D M A. It's exactly what it says. Lipid is fat. Edema is swelling. Oh, so the name tells you what it is. It's the swelling of fat cells within primarily the lower extremity of the body, i.e. the buttocks, either both sides and the legs. Oftentimes it will affect the abdomen, uh, the abdo- abdominal area. It'll affect the upper arms. And I happen to be one of those cases. There are different types of lipedema. I do not know much about the varying types and what that looks like. Um, Definitely the most common type is the one you're talking about, I would, I think, because from my research too, that seems. Yes. And there's multiple stages to lipedema. Um, Lipedema essentially has four stages. The first stage is the early onset stage where you might start seeing something that looks like cellulite in areas where your best friend does not have it, which would be more on the front of the legs, near around the knee area. Um, And then as it progresses into stage four, the swelling can make the leg look like an entire column where it looks like somebody stuck a rubber band around the ankle and it just cuts off there. And so they'll have a normal foot and um, that's the pretty much the final stage and the most debilitating stage. Do you know... um essentially like what is happening in the body. I read something about how it's like uh, someone used, a doctor used an analogy of a bank, like you can make deposits, but no withdrawals of fat. Yeah, that's actually a really good analogy. Um, So it does not affect all fat cells in the body. Um, It targets the body for some reason, which is unknown at this time, is the body has targeted certain fat cells and causes them to grow and grow and grow. So then it looks like waves of lumpiness under the skin with, for lack of a better term, it just looks like oversized cellulite throughout the entire leg really. Um, me in particular, I have what they call good ankle shearing right now. That doesn't start to really go away until much later in life. Um, I actually happen to come from a family full of women with lipedema. I'm just the first to discover it. I'm the one that 
stumbled upon it. I think I shared this with you. Um, I was Googling how to KT tape fat knees because I'm an avid bicycle rider and I had knee pain. And I accidentally stumbled upon a website called thelipedemaproject.org and saw pictures of myself. It was a really emotional experience, but we can come back to that. Um, right. So, yeah, and I do want to talk about that because I think that's so interesting. But um, so <clears throat> it's very hard to diagnose. There's not like a, a urine test or a blood test or anything like this, and it is still new. They're very newly researching this disease, even though it's been around since the 30s. It's not getting a ton of attention. Most doctors don't even know that it exists. Um, I was telling you this, but uh, a 2004 Stanford study uh, showed that most U.S. medical schools spend less than 30 minutes teaching the entire lymphatic system. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because the lipedema and there's lymph lymphedema and lipedema, and they are not one and the same. They can be accompanied together on the same person. They're not necessarily one and the same. However, both of them are, are, are affected by the lymphatic system. What they don't know about lipedema is if the lymphatic system is affected by the lipidemic fat or the other way around. So somewhere there's something going around. And you're absolutely right. There's no test. The only way to be diagnosed is to have a doctor who's seen it before and knows what that is. Right. So do you know what is happening in lymphedema? Lymphedema is where there is extreme swelling and clogging in the lymphatic system that causes like a cyst-like appearance on the body. And if I remember correctly, it can harden and it's painful and debilitating. And I will say that I'm grateful I don't have that as well. It's like a really, really swollen lymph node. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that is something uh, that happens to Lyme patients with uh, Bartonella. And I definitely learned a bit about the lymphatic system through treating Lyme. Um, so I, I, even from a personal standpoint, found it shocking that the lymphatic system is only taught for 30 minutes in medical school. It seems like a very um, important topic to be discussing. discussing. I mean, it's... Um, in control, we need in order to have like a healthy body, we need the lymphatic system to constantly be draining. Yeah, well, you would definitely hope that with all the information we have about how many diseases out there are positively affected by healthy lymphatic systems, that the education system to teach our doctors would improve. We're just not seeing that. Right. So, what happens with the the lipedema? What happens to your lymphatic system? when you are affected by lipedema? Well, in my particular case, around my knees, the lymph nodes around my knees get clogged and the drainage is very slow and poor and it gets hard and it's painful. And then because that clogging happens throughout the day, it just causes more and more swelling. So I can wake up okay and then at the end of the day, my legs can be really swollen and painful. So can you can can you not drain your lymphatic system easily or properly when you have lipedema? No. Okay. Because it's clogged by these fat cells. 
or it's getting it's the it's getting it's getting clogged it can't move properly there's like too much traffic yeah i'm not entirely sure if it's the fat cells like strangulate the the lymphatic system or if it's a leakage like i said earlier that i'm not very clear on and there's not the reason why i'm not very clear is it goes back to what you said there's not a lot of information out there it took me over four doctors before one of them didn't look at me like i was crazy and it was ultimately a vascular surgeon who walked in like he sees it every day and and he was just like, oh, yeah. And then he picked up my leg and looked at it. And here I am just like in tears, crying a puddle on the floor because it, it, it's like never being heard. You know you have something. You know something's wrong with you. And I'm sure you went through this in your journey of diagnosis with your limes, and not being heard, not nobody listening and doctors I, there's still this thing in the medical community where we're only getting out of this place where doctors deserve the highest of respect and the patients don't question the doctors. So depending on what doctor you get, your questions can go completely unanswered and to help you find a solution can be, I mean, they'll just shrug you off. And, and I faced a lot of that. Yeah. And I really, I deeply empathize with that. And I, and I feel um, that is something that angers me greatly, um, that there is not more uh, evaluation, that there is not more uh, research done patient by patient, that there's not enough time being spent. And uh, especially, I imagine, so take us back. Did you, you knew something was going on, right? You were, I'm sure that you, as you were gaining weight, you were exercising and dieting and trying, is this true? I don't know. Stop me. But I imagine that you'd be trying a bunch of different things to lose All right, the well, weight. My story is my onset was definitely puberty. It's commonly the onset is that hormonal shift in puberty or a hormonal shift through a pregnancy. That's when a lot of women will see this come on. Um, a while ago, I mentioned every, almost every woman in my family has this. I have one sister, my mom, my aunt, and my grandma. We're in varying stages of the disease right now. And so it's an interesting thing to be able to see what that looks like. <clears throat> and so um, with that onset, you see yourself next to other people. Here I am, a teenager. And I can see my legs don't look like my friend's legs, but we're all skateboarding and doing the same kind of physical activities, you know, like riding our bikes. And and my body just always seemed jiggly in comparison. And then over time, I started gaining weight immensely. By the time I was into my 30s, I was over 300 pounds. And um, for those listeners out there, I'm... I lost, I got down to, my lowest weight was 160 um, from that through diet and exercise before I even knew I had lipedema. Wow. So diet and exercise did actually work Huge. for you. Oh, it okay. didn't get rid of any of the lipedema fat that can't go away. So I just looked like a smaller version of my really fat self. And um, so... So every website will tell you, or maybe not every website, but mostly when you look around for lipedema, it will tell you diet, exercise, like they do not work for lipidemic fat. Now they, obviously you lost a bunch of weight. So, um, I just want to be clear with the listeners that that, that, that uh, was other weight. 
that was yeah. like you did you have an were you eating poorly were you not exercising or was it how did you manage to lose that weight if that all of the above is true like all the things accompanied with obesity were true for my life um you know including excessive depression generally speaking people women with lipedema who are overweight are not just lipidemic overweight like our body does not target every fat cell in our body I think there's a mental thing. When we aren't diagnosed very young and very early with lipedema, we see ourselves as different. Like I said earlier, my friends had a certain look and I just looked different even though I was doing all the same activities. It's a mental issue. And so it that does not promote a healthy place to feel good. So you pack on weight and just like anybody else who's depressed has the potential to gain weight. We do as have a higher potential for weight gain. And so when we, if you are out there and you are a heavy set lipidemic woman, we'll call you obese. You have an opportunity to lose some weight. You will not change the way your body looks. You will still have big thighs. You will still have a big butt. You will still have a small waist, and you may or may not have it in your arms. Um, It's often been described as looking like two different people, you know, looking like one person on the bottom and one person on the top. That's okay because that's just who you are. And I had to go through these feelings when I lost all my weight and I got really small. It was like I still looked exactly the same. Only instead of being over 300 pounds, I was roughly in the mid 100s and still with just this weird fat that I watched other people lose a bunch of weight and never have. And so it's very unclear to why it generally affects the lower half of your body. Right. That is not they don't know why. Nope. Um. I know, so, but the top part of your body generally stays the same, except for you were saying some parts of your arms or... Yeah, and that's not true for all women with lipedema. Right. It's true for me. That's why I, there are varying types. Like you said, I'm, I'm one type that carries it in my arms and my stomach. Right, right. So, yeah, so you were able to drop, you know, you were able to half your weight, Um which is incredible. And you got really healthy. And I know you had some other, some other health issues going on too, that you were able to, uh, treat yourself. You healed yourself from pretty serious health issues in the past, thyroid stuff. And I think that's important because when you did find out, when you did start researching about lipedema and you did come to know you knew something was wrong, you knew something was different, right? Like you are an advocate for yourself and you, you knew how to try to treat that. Like you're no stranger to treating medical issues um, and getting behind yourself yeah. medically. Um, you So when you dropped all that weight, was there a sense of like, what the fuck is going on? Like why, why can't I change the way my body looks? It was always foreboding. It especially got that way when I started dating again and I had never been that small dating. Like I totally knew how to date as a fat woman. Um, you know, I even modeled as a fat woman, but 
and I had learned to get very comfortable with myself like that. But when I lost weight, I didn't know how to get comfortable with my body anymore. I, I tried, I did the nude photos. I found the good angles that showed off the muscle tone, because if you look at me in the right light and my arm is flexed in the right way, I have some big guns, you know, like I am a muscular woman and, um, you know, there's many women out there buying what my butt looks like today. So in some, I'm blessed in many, many ways to have the shape that I am, but that took a lot of time and it's still a really big work in progress. And I would say actually, after I discovered I had lipedema, there was another moment where I just declined again. And I went back into that depression because all the hard work that I did to get down half my body size felt like it was for naught. You know, like, why am I doing all of this? I'm always going to look like this. Mm. And, and that, and I didn't realize that I had created that resentment around myself and I kind of just stopped being as active as I was. I stopped focusing on eating as healthy and a lot of my old behavior started coming up and I put on about 25 pounds again. And so, um, and, and I finally just realized a few weeks ago, I'm like, this it's life or death, really. You know, like the end result of not taking my care of myself and combating this and fighting this and doing the best that I can with the little bit of information that there is, is a wheelchair. And I, I get to see what the progression looks like because my grandma's stage four, you know, and she's... Is she in a wheelchair? She She's not, but she has days where she wakes up and there's no way she's walking. Right. You know, um, and... When was the first time you went to the doctor for, for, to discuss like the fat? A bit over a year ago. Oh, really? It's very recent. Oh, okay. So, so when, and how long ago did you Google the, the, the KT taping your legs? Oh, that's a great question. I love talking about this one. So I did the 20... 16 AIDS life cycle ride, which is a 545 mile bike ride from San Francisco to Los Angeles. And that's when I learned about KT tape. So I, of course, continue to... What is it? KT tape is kinesiology tape. And I think KT stands for kinesiology and tape stands for tape. So I'm really just Mm -hmm. like KT tape, tape, tape. You know, Mm -hmm. it's one of those words. (laughs) (laughs) Redundant. Yeah, totally. Uh So um, it's it's this very elastic tape that you can use in areas of pain on your body that help relieve the pressure by helping your muscles stay in alignment. That's best I can do with that explanation. Okay. So you learned about it there and, and your knees. And I think it's important to note lipedema causes a lot of pain. It's not just a vanity thing. Like it is, it is painful to have lipedema. Yes. Um, which you're welcome to talk more about, but I just want to make that clear. So you were Googling to, to relieve some of the pain in your knees. Yeah. Because there's never going to be a time in my life where my thighs don't rub And so when I ride a bicycle, I'm not necessarily in perfect alignment like many, many people will be. Um, And so there can be some splaying of my knees that happen. And so and since people don't know how to fit 
on a bicycle, somebody like me, that was always a problem too. So I think on this particular ride with fatigue and everything, I just started splaying a lot more where I usually kept a very mental consciousness. It's, it's like walking, you know, if you think about walking in alignment, you're going to walk in alignment. If you walk, if you don't think about it, you're going to possibly start walking sloppily. But if you keep it up as a habit, it becomes a habit. And I just got too tired to maintain it. And so I got my knees taped by um, the chiropractors who were present on the ride. And it was like an amazing experience. And I just wanted to keep it up when I went and rode my bike on my own. Only I didn't know how to do it. So I Googled it. And that's when... And how long... When was that? Was it 2016 still? It was just... Yeah, it was late 2016. So sometime probably around August... Okay. And that's when you knew that you were suffering from this. Yes. You looked at the pictures, you read the stories and you, it resonated. Absolutely. Well, I knew instantly when I saw the pictures, I looked at those pictures. I was like, wow, there's other people out there that look like me. I clicked on them and that's when I went to that link. Right. And it, the floodgates opened from there. I'm sure. And then you, and then you started seeking out doctors. Yes. I started with, of course, my primary care physician. What did um, they say? It's pathological. Great. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Um, I will just say quickly, and I do want you to talk about this, that um, I, I don't, I can't, I can't imagine what it's like to be overweight and go to the doctor because I know that so much is, imme- I, I think that the generally speaking, it is immediately blamed on the patient. Anything you're experiencing, you need to lose weight. What if you can't lose weight? It's it's pathological. It's your own fault. You must be depressed. Like, yeah. you, I feel free to. I would love for you to talk more about it. I've read a lot of articles on it actually, um, uh, about being overweight and going to the doctor and how you were essentially pushed to the side. Um, you mentioned earlier I had thyroid issues and I I was diagnosed. Um, late 2009 with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's. First, it was Graves' disease, which causes hyperthyroid and a few other things. And then two years later, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's. It's another rare thing to to have Graves. It's even more rare to have both. And um, so I was overweight at the time, and I was in and out of doctors like crazy, And I had one doctor who was an endocrinologist and she came in, she saw me, she said, you'll be fine if you lose weight, had one hand on the door as I'm trying to ask her questions and literally walked out on me and opened the door back up, looked in on me and said, eat a Mediterranean diet that will help you lose weight. It's the most healthy in the world. Wow. So, um, ever since losing weight, I, I have had really great experiences actually. Um, even with the lipedema and not having a doctor ever say to me, I think you might have this. I did have one doctor say to me, I told him everything that I did and I was concerned that I'm, I still had this fat that would not go away. Um, and he, and when I say everything I did, I said, I meant all the exercising and all the, f- my food. And he had my weight on the chart and he erased it and put it down for 20 pounds less. 
And he said, with a lifestyle like that, you may your scale may say one thing, but the truth is you're this. So we're just going to fudge it so your BMI doesn't look high. So. And what was the benefit of doing that for you? If you walk in and you say you're this and you appear to be that and there's proof, then you get that kind of treatment. Right. So I've experienced both sides. Wow. That's so interesting. In its extremes. Right. Right. So you went, your primary care practitioner says it's pathological and then you see three more doctors. Yes. So because there's been some information out there that it may be endocrine related, he sends me to an endocrinologist who was a very wonderful man, by the way, but he's like, I just don't know. And I wasn't even going to these doctors anymore and asking them to diagnose me. I was asking them to be willing to research what it was so they could diagnose me. Lipedema. You were going in saying lipedema. Did anyone know the term? No. No. 17 million people have lipedema. It's estimated, right? In America or in general? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure on that number either. I would say that's probably in America because the percentage is about 11% of women. There's rarely men affected by this. So if you're a man out there listening and you think you may be affected by this, just go with it. Because the thing is, is you know, when you see this, you know, it's undeniable. Right. You know? it, does, it has a very specific look. And one of the things that you can do to diagnose too is the feel. I know they feel the fat and it should feel like uh, pebbles or uh, stones, essentially Mm -hmm. under your skin, right? So if you had this in your breasts, your doctors would be concerned that you have breast cancer. Right. That's great. Okay. And I read someone say that it feels like you're wrapped in bubble wrap. Like there's... Yes, basically. So... Okay. So that's a a way to see, but... um, Right. So there's 17 million people affected by this disease. And like you're going into doctor's offices and they don't know what you're talking about. No. Because... So you're asking them, you're bringing that word in, and the endocrinologist says, I don't know, and then what? And then that that's when I started begging him to just be willing to look into the information. I mean, doctors have a plethora of research papers that they're always, that they're all, they can get at any time. They're always at their disposal. And um, What an amazing way to self-advocate. It is. No, I just yeah. did. I'm sorry to cut you off. No. I just did an episode on advocating for yourself. And it's like, there you go. Go in and be like, here's what I want you to research. That's that, beautiful. That was that was all that I had. Like, I, I had nothing better than that. And, you know, um, so it's funny because I don't think doctors want to research anymore once they've picked their line and they know what they're doing and they're in there. They don't want a problem patient. They just want it to be simple. Um, and they want to stick with what they know. So I got that feedback. So I, then I actually went to two different plastic surgeons in my network who were like, I've never seen this kind of fat, but we can suck it out. I'm like, well, I don't want you to just suck it out if you don't know <laughs> what you're doing. Um, because it terrifies me to think about that. You know, that it's such a high risk surgery. And just like your regular adipose tissue, it's highly vascularized. So 
you know, that's why there's laws around how much fat they can suck out of your body at any given time because it can cause so much bleeding and even death. And, and so it's like, do I live with this or do I, you know, get this, just randomly get this surgery by a doctor who can't even tell me what I have? Um, no. Right. It just, you it's have. It's safe. It's not safe. And you have to be smarter than the person in the room who has the higher education than you. It's really quite sad to say that. You don't have to be smarter in all the things that they know, but what you know about yourself, you do. Yeah, you have to really strongly advocate for yourself and what's true for you and listen to your own gut. And um, it, it, I say it all the time, but it's like the, those days are over. Like the white coats in charge, they are not they are not the end all and be all anymore. You need to have your own thinking mind in the room with you. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I love your podcast is because there's so many stories of people who are empowering themselves that the, that the white coat doesn't have the solution. They definitely don't have the answer. So if you don't have the answer, you don't have, you can't even come up with a solution. You know, I just am waiting for the story where somebody says, oh, I went to this white coat doctor and they didn't know the answer, but they really wanted to know. Mm, How lovely that (laughs) would be. Yeah. And I've had great doctors. Don't get me wrong. Like, so have you, right? Like, Mm -hmm. but. Oh, my endocrinologist when I lived in Houston, world renowned, was a renowned. I'm so grateful I had him. Right. He knew everything I needed that he needed to know about me and was able to diagnose me with my second thyroid condition and and knew exactly what to do, you know. Yeah, and I love stories like that, but yeah, that would be what a wonderful uh doctor to have to say, "Let me learn about that." Mm-hmm. Um Let's take this journey together. And I'm sure that they're out there. I know that they are. Yeah. Uh, we live in L.A. We live in L.A. They're here. They've, they've got to be here. They're here. They've so all finally... turned into Chinese herbalists. <laughs> no, it's true. I love all of my, I love all of my holistic and integrative and whatever doctors are amazing. Um, but tell me, who finally agreed to, did anyone finally hear you? Yes. So after I went to the two different... Um, plastic surgeons. I went back to the endocrinologist who happened to have a vascular surgeon that was on staff on Mondays. He said, can I reschedule you to come in on a Monday? And I did. And so he pops in in between patients, have my pants down, you know, I'm in my gown. He immediately looks at me and is like, oh yeah, it's lipedema. I mean, so casually, picks up my legs, like you still have good ankle sharing, so you're not in that high risk factor yet. Um, what does a high risk factor mean that you basically can't Basically stage four that you're about, yeah, that you're about to be wheelchair bound, basically. Right. Okay. So that's, so how did you feel in that moment that he validated um, bittersweet? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I had the biggest flood of emotions, even though, because it's, even though the journey to find a diagnosis for me was not very long, I started puberty very, very young. I was like, I was just barely out of elementary school with the onset of this because... Yeah, I think you had a very long time not being diagnosed, even though you weren't necessarily seeking. I mean, you were in doctors, in and out of doctor's offices for a couple decades before... Yeah. I started puberty around 10 years old and I'm 41 now. We'll say three decades knowing something was different, 
knowing that something wasn't right and that I just was different than everybody else. Even when I was 300 plus pounds, I didn't look like other fat women. You know, I just... God, I think it's so important and I'm very passionate about this because it, 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 it needs the, the idea that, um, being overweight is always in the person's control needs to be smashed. It just does. I, I, I know multiple people who have incredible diets better than my own, who exercise more than I could imagine exercising, who live extraordinarily healthy lives that cannot lose weight. And doctors just, it's easy for them to tell you that you're doing everything you're wrong in your life around diet and exercise when you're overweight, you know? Right. But here's, here's the thing. My mother suffers from lipedema. My mother is no bigger than you. So I'm very small. What do you mean? No, my bottom half. My mom is tiny. Oh, wow. Yeah. My mom is about five foot six, and I think she's like a size two or four. So if that tells you anything, she's a very, very thin woman. And she she's had her weight fluctuate up and down. Her legs and my legs look very similar. I have better ankle shearing than she does. Um, so you can be extremely thin and still have lipedema. So when you say her legs look similar, though, they're smaller. She's, yeah, we have different body styles. Different body styles, but she has the same deposits of fat. Absolutely. And my mom had, um, without, before she even knew, because like I, I think I said earlier, and maybe if I didn't, it's a recap nobody, I was the first diagnosed in my family. So once I got this information, I shared it with all the women in my family and all of them had the same reaction other than my grandma to it, which is, oh my God, I've always known I was different and the same puddle of tears and the same emotions. And it's an interesting emotional release that happens because it's almost like I knew something wasn't right my whole life. I just knew, and I just didn't know what it was. Yeah, the emotional, I imagine that the emotional, psychological, I mean, there's just layers and layers to this disease, right? I just want to talk a little bit more practically for a moment. Okay. That is, uh, when you find out you have lipedema, what do you do about it? (laughs) This is the, I mean, this is what everyone wants to know, right? So what can be done? And unfortunately, I know that, and we've already said, like you cannot lose the lipidemic fat. One of the treatments for short-term relief or for relief right now is liposuction. Yes. Um, But don't just pick any doctor out there. Please do your research on that because... You want a doctor that knows about lipedema, don't you? Yes. And if you live in the Los Angeles area, we're lucky there's one in our backyard um, I'm going to say his name, his name is Dr. Amron and, um, he's very knowledgeable and his practice is almost entirely devoted to this now. And p- women come from all over the world to see him. I am saying that based on what I've read about him. I have never seen him myself as of yet. He does not take insurance and liposuction is like $22,000 and it works. Though, as far as I've seen, it works to do that. 
Yes, his particular style. And I did get a call. I did. I have talked to the office because I wanted to compare what his style of liposuction is compared to another plastic surgeon. Because why would I want to see him over one that takes my insurance? And that was a question I asked myself. So I went, I called and asked, and there's different fo- styles or types of liposuction that they use. There's one called temesculant. There's a water one. There's this and that. And most doctors pick one, and they do everything on your body with that one type of liposuction. Dr. Amron has developed his own technique where he uses multiple forms of liposuction on the same person to ensure that he gets the most fat. That's my understanding from having spoke with people at the office. And then the fat can actually stay away? Yes, it can. Um, But it, it can stay away, but I think this is where I don't have a lot of knowledge. I mean, I know that when you have regular liposuction, fat can always come back. So I would assume that lipidemic fat has the potential to come back too. Um, but I don't know for sure. Right. And it seems like it's actually still pretty newly being researched. And, um, you know, like I said, I just want to be really clear. It's not, it's a very painful, debilitating disease and you end up in a wheelchair. You can end up in a wheelchair if you don't take care of, if you, if the things that you can maybe have control over, but, um, you know, it's not, it's not like, uh, for vanity purposes and insurance doesn't cover the treatment a lot of the time. Um, so by treatment, you mean the liposuction? Yeah. 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 It's very They give you, of course, a receipt and some, some insurance companies will pay you back a percentage. Um, you know, if there were other doctors out there that did this, that you could cover, get covered by your insurance, you probably have to go through like a major appeals process to do it. It's a pretty big deal. Right. So what, what are the things that you can take control of today? What are some of the things that people can do? What are some of the things that you've done? I know that you just came off of this and you're not even fully off of it. You've just done this water fast, which is unbelievable. And I really want to talk to you about, but what are, before we talk about the water fast, what are some of the other things, simpler things, maybe nutrition, diet, um, supplemental things, compression, lymphatic drainage, all of those things. But I want to start much more simple than that. Go for a walk. Just go for a walk, get outside, give yourself five minutes, especially if you're overweight with this and walking is hard for you. You've got to move. The number one thing that you have to do is you have to move. You there, Those in-home trampolines that you can get, there's something called the health bounce where you just get on it and you just bounce and nothing. you're not getting any air. That helps move the lymphatic system. Anybody who has a slow lymphatic system or lymphatic issues really should consider getting one of those for their home because it, it helps continue to move it. There's also this really great mm, holistic 
medicine called Wobenzyme D. And maybe you can put a link to it on. Yes, certainly. Yeah, because um, and that was created in Germany. It was initially a prescription. It was never created as a like a pharmaceutical drug. It was always a holistically targeting drug. And so when they saw the benefits, it became over the counter. And you can take that. Um, there's also a really good cleanse using that that you can do. You can find that, I believe, the suggestion for the outline of that is on lipedemaproject.com. Um, I, but I want to go back to the most important thing is walking, moving, getting your body moving. When it hurts, walk. When it hurts, move. Because our instant reaction is when it hurts, don't do anything because of the pain, but you've got to move. And there was one thing I remember hearing, even you said that you would just shake, Mm -hmm. shake, like just shake, just jiggle, like party with your pants off. Yeah. It's so, (laughs) it's so true. And this is for anyone suffering from any illness. Like you do to, in order to drain the lymphatic system, the things that get stuck in the lymphatic system are bad, dead white blood cells, essentially. Um, uh, I'm not a doctor. I could be totally butchering that, but it's like the icky stuff is getting like, that's what you're draining and you can't drain it if you're not moving. Movement is the number one thing. So, uh, you know, if you look up lipedema, you'll see manual lymphatic drainage and you can look that up on YouTube. I will also link to that. Uh, You can learn how to drain, you know, do your own lymph massage. You can go get lymph massages, lymphatic drainage massages. But if you're not moving your body, none of that stuff matters. All you have to do is like lie on your back, put your feet up and pedal, right? Like that's another one that's simple. Um, uh, so continue. So, and the supplement I found, the one that you just mentioned is actually one that I also saw when I was looking up lipedema, um, solutions and, uh, and obviously like, of course there's always a mental and emotional recovery and psychological recovery from this, from this stuff that I believe needs to be paired with whatever physical work you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but will you please talk to us about the water fast? Cause we're running out of time and why you ended up doing this and how, how it can positively affect lipedema. Sure. The water fast was actually first and foremost, there's no information out there to say if it's going to positively affect lipedema. I chose to do this because over the years, the last six years that I've been really focusing on my body and working out and hearing my insides, I came across a documentary about water fasting and it was just an intuition on a cellular level that said I needed to do this. Um, there's no, there's no information saying that it, it will target the lipedema, the lipidemic fat because, um, so far nothing targets the lipidemic fat, but nobody's ever fasted to the point of that's the only fat remaining, including myself. Um, to be quite honest, I might, I would actually be kind of scared to take it that far. Um, so water fasting, if you are considering water fasting, educate yourself, educate yourself, educate yourself. Read everything you can before you start. Look at everything you can before you start because it's what 
what it is, is it's a reset button to our arcane selves, like who we were 11,000 years ago. And our bodies are designed to go into fasting mode and our cells actually go into protection. And we start producing ketones for energy in a water fast. And when we're using ketones, our body is pulling that the nutrients from our supplied fat, from our fat supply. Um, So I decided to do this because on a cellular level, I knew I needed to. I, through that resentment I told you that I developed, having lost so much weight and finding out I was never going to get a different body, no matter how much work I put into it, um, I, my brain started misfiring again and I didn't want to work out anymore. I didn't care about eating. I I was throwing in the towel and I needed a, a reset. I needed something to tell me I was worth it. And because I wasn't telling myself that anymore. And it's interesting because it's still all about me, but I, on one hand, I can tell myself I'm worth it. And on the other hand, I can tell myself I'm not worth it. So I needed this to prove to myself that I was worth it enough to continue a a healthy journey, lipedema, no lipedema, it didn't matter, that I deserve a healthy lifestyle. So the water fast has been an amazing experience for that. I have changed my brain again. What is the first thing, if people are interested in water fasting or fasting at all, what is the first thing you recommend people do? I know there's a new documentary, The Science of Fasting, Mm -hmm. that's getting quite a lot of uh, attention. Is that that something people should watch? Oh, absolutely. Watch everything you can, read everything you can. The Science of Fasting is actually something I stumbled upon and was really enlightening for me. Um, And it's what prompted me to read more about it and ultimately make the decision to start the fast. And it's not, you're not fasting from water. It's actually called a water only fast because all you're taking in is water. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) No problem. I actually ran into the same mistake because I have been posting about it on Facebook. And when I was putting water fasting, all of my loved ones were scared that I was fasting from water. Oh, that's so funny. um, That is something you should never, ever do. Please (laughs) don't ever do that. Water is the one thing we need. Uh, so, yeah, you only consumed water. No, to be clear, no lemon. There was um, one day where I consumed a little bit of lemon because I needed to alkalize my heartburn. How many days did you do total? 13. 13 days of water only. And you got really positive results really positive results um i felt great actually i was surprised myself at how good i felt um of course there was a period where i caught a cold and i felt awful but i stuck through the fast with that cold and surprisingly got over a cold that would normally last me a week to two weeks in like three days so wow Right. There, there's something to be said about starving the body because what happens when we start to starve the body of food is the s- cells want to protect themselves. So they slow down. Your metabolism slows down. Everything becomes increasingly more efficient, 
my lymphatic system started draining and I didn't feel like I wasn't eating. I just felt the same. And that was what I sound shocked because I'm still shocked by it. Yeah, that is shocking. I think we have a lot of misconceptions around uh, food, what we need to eat, how much we need to eat, um, when we need to eat, when we need to eat. There's a lot of, uh, I have had incredible results doing raw cleanses, uh, starting my immune system, you know, cleaning out your gut. Like it all comes down to your gut. Uh, not all of it, obviously lipedema doesn't, maybe it does. Actually, I did see a study about how they're looking into how the mitochondria, uh, plays a part in everything in everything back to the mitochondria <laughs> dna it's true but <laughs> with lipedema and if it does then the vast is gonna right jumpstart that whole system so um but in general now you're back you know you you picked up that towel the metaphorical towel and you've like you've taken uh, taken and you're waving it around and you've taken a great uh jump start for the new year in your health um and now i assume the goal is to have like an anti-inflammatory diet i know that that is something that really helps with yeah. lipedema okay when you have lipedema please please read everything you can about an anti-inflammatory diet because it, it, that's all it is, is it's constant inflammation. It's inflammation of your fat cells. It's inflammation of your lymphatic system. It's inflammation of your lymph node. And it's just you're inflamed all over. So, you know, the number one thing out there that's holistic that everybody knows is a go-to for inflammation nowadays is turmeric. So look up healthy recipes that include turmeric. Another really big thing that they're finding is helpful for women with lipedema is the ketogenic diet. And I did try that, but I did not, I did not have the best results. It was not the greatest one for me. I do like being in ketosis. My, um, my idea, I shouldn't call it an idea. My goal in coming out of this fast is to maintain a ketogenic type diet, but more on a paleo type scale. So I'll have like fruits that are berries and very low glycemic fruits. You, When you hear people out there say eat lots of fruits and vegetables, it really needs to be heard like eat lots of vegetables and fruit um, because vegetables should be about 70% of your diet and um, fruits should maybe be 10%. And, and it doesn't matter if you're the healthiest person or the, the least healthiest person. Go to the low glycemic fruits, um, but especially if you have lipedema. Um, and it's okay to cut the fruits out altogether if you have lipedema. Um, I, I have not seen anybody do a raw vegan diet with lipedema, but I know there are some out there who do. Yeah. And to be clear, like it's different for everybody. I have a lot of fruit makes me feel really good. Um, you know, like it, in general, 
like vegetables are pretty much a safe bet for just about everybody. <laughs> you can't go wrong with a vegetable. Eat your vegetables. Um, Did and you then, hear that, kids? And then, Eat your vegetables. I know. It's so, it's so simple, right? It's like everyone's out there looking for the right diet, and it's like can't go wrong. Just eat fucking 70% vegetables. You'll be fine. <laughs> and, and when then, we say 70%, we mean like look at your plate as 100% and 70% of your plate should be covered by a vegetable. Like, yeah. And then, and then you go out from there for lipedema. You're, you're giving these suggestions for Lyme. I would give different suggestions or not that different, but some different, um, please Google and I'll put links to the ketogenic diet and paleo and, and all of that, uh, good stuff. Um, because yes, it's always, they, they vary slightly and, uh, Raw works for me and it doesn't work for everybody. Juice no. works for some people. Soup works for other people. You know, it's smoothies work for other people. It's just, uh, no two bodies are exactly the same, even if you have the same disease. So yep. your reaction, Amen. <laughs> your reaction and your to food in general has to be experimented with. You have to let go of certain things like anything bread related with lipedema is going to cause inflammation, but you can do as long as it's a gluten-free something or other and low in starch, then you're going to be fine. Like I'm great with almond flour. I buy this paleo bread and I do fine with it. I don't love the taste, but it's a great supplement for What's me. it called? What's it called? Paleo bread. Oh, <laughs> very clever. <laughs> Very creative. <laughs> you can find it in the freezer section in most of your grocery stores today. <laughs> Man, I, I very, very uh, specific directions and like suggestions always worked really well for me. Like, yeah, go try it out. See how the paleo bread feels. I use food for life, black rice bread. You know, it's gluten free and it has the least amount of um, shit in it. Yeah. Well, read the ingredients, guys. Gluten free bread doesn't mean it's healthy bread. <laughs> <laughs> right because it still has like 50 percent sugar in it and when it's not sugar it's starch and you know ingredients over tagline gluten-free i read the ingredients on pretty much anything i buy that is not you know what honestly i even have to like read the nutrition facts on most of the fruits and vegetables that i choose to eat oh yeah and sure and uh there, there are some women out there who can do dairy. I am not proving to be one of those people. Boo. Boo, unfortunate, yeah. Um, and so I have to toy with that a little bit here and there. Like, is lactose-free stuff okay? Is goat okay? And and that's what it is. You have to be willing to try it. And, and we get in these places where we have these diets and we love them because food makes us feel good. And that's why I say you start with a walk. You know, my story is I started with a walk. And eventually, and then I came upon this crazy group who was working out in the middle of the, or in the dark, in the middle of this park. And I started with them. And when I lost my first 50 pounds, my body wanted different food. Mm. So it's always been about listening to your body. Take those walks. Your body is going to guide you into exactly what you need to do. You don't need to overwhelm yourself. Don't start with one or the other. And diets are usually the hardest, even though you don't have to change 
you don't have to be a crazy workout person to lose weight. You can change your diet and lose weight because it's actually the majority of the healthy part of your, your lifestyle. So what is the Pete? We have to wrap up, unfortunately, because there was a lot more I wanted to talk to you about. But what is the piece of advice you'd give? We'll start with the what is the piece of advice you'd give to like the young girl or boy who is um, experiencing a different body than their fellows? Well, if I had to go back and talk to young Nicole, I would tell her she's going to meet a great man one day in her life, despite what she looks like. And this is a hard one and you hear me crying and I hope it stays like this because it's important to know that this is an emotional journey. Like emotions will play a really big part in it and crying is okay. But anyways, I would tell little Nicole that you're super cute. Mm. And all those things people used to say to you about how cute you are is really true. And that your body does not define how cute you are. And that one day you will meet the right guy. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And what would you say? What is the advice you would give to... The woman um, who just found out she had lipedema, she has lipedema and doesn't feel any um, motivation to do anything about it. There's nothing I can say to her. Mm. There's really not. And what would you say to the person that wants to know what to do, but just doesn't know what to do? Go for a walk. (laughs) (laughs) Go for a walk. Um, Absolutely research, research, research. And there are groups all over Facebook. Join a support group. Mm. And of course, if you're local to the Los Angeles area, and I mean like local to the Hollywood Los Angeles area. (laughs) um, (laughs) It's a very small (laughs) space. Feel free to look you up. Is that what you're going to say? You'll have a link to my email address and my Facebook account. And you're welcome to email me and we can get in contact and we can go for a walk. We can talk about it and we can advocate for each other because that's what's really important is you're not alone. And I guess this is maybe what I would say to the person who feels unmotivated. Usually it's loneliness that keeps us unmotivated, right? Well, you're not alone. So you're really not. No. Um, you, you are unique in all the right ways. Because we're a rare blessing out there. But remember, when they uncovered the Venus, de Maya, the Venus statues, Lipedema has been around a really long time. And at one point in our history, we were praised as goddesses. Mm. So you are a goddess. You have a beautiful body. And God did not make any mistakes with you. Just didn't. And you have a wonderful, loving partner who you're very happy with. Not that that, not that that uh, means anything success-wise, but you have that hope to share if for somebody who is afraid of not finding that. You know, I read something um, on one of the Lipedema pages on Facebook, and it, it, I don't remember it verbatim, but it says that you know, lipedema is not a, a life sentence. 
meaning that you're not stuck in a cage, that you get to be out there and that you will be loved. And it all begins with you. When you feel you're worthy of that love, you will bring it around. And it doesn't necessarily mean in some domestic partner you share a home with, but it can just be in the friends that you surround yourself with. And it can most of all mean that the look that you give yourself in the mirror every morning when you see these changes happening. And that was a huge deal for me is when I saw changes happening, I was like, I can do that. I'm golden. I can do this. I... I'm a badass bitch. Yes, you're a badass bitch. That's why I want to end this. You're a badass bitch and go for a walk. <laughs> go for a walk, you badass bitch. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so funny. Okay, you guys, thank you so much, Nicole, for being brave and being honest and... Thank you so much. Um, you can find Nicole. I will link below, uh, but you can find her on Instagram. Please help me, Nicole. Fit Fat Love. Yes. Is that you? Yes. Or Love Fit Fat? I think either one. One's my name and one is the actual Instagram account. But don't get discouraged when you see I'm not an avid Instagrammer. <laughs> Love Fit Fat. And <laughs> then I got your email and Facebook. Uh, can they find you, Nicole Smokoff? Yep. Or Universal Ratio? On Facebook? Yeah. Um, I think either one. Nicole Smokoff. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, email her. You don't have to be in the Hollywood area to email Nicole. Uh, thank you so much. And you guys, uh, if you love this podcast, please go review it on iTunes or any of your podcasting platforms. Follow me on Too Sick and Naked. Uh, and share with me what your thoughts are. And uh, with fun and love, I'll see you next week. Bye.